sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. One of the great gifts the church has given to her sons and daughters in the last several few decades, actually, just few decades, is the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is a summary, um, an authoritative statement of what we believe as Catholics. But it's a big book. So why would somebody read the Catechism of the Church? And even before that, what exactly is the Catechism of the Catholic Church? That's what we're going to be talking about today on, on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, and if you want to win a prize in this episode, take note of the email address. It is ignition at SFCAP. I've got more than two faithful friends. <laughs> One of my two faithful Jeez. friends when it comes to helping me host ignition, that is Robin Bruggeman. Hi, Chris. Hi, Robin. How are you doing? I'm good. Are you really good? You're a little under the weather, aren't you? Just slightly, gonna, but I'm still good. Just slightly. But I was going to throw the the uh, email to you, but you had requested that. I yeah. Not do that. Just to save, a little bit of brain fog going on. Save the uh, focus for the episode itself. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk today, as I said in the opening, Robin, about the catechism. So I, You look I, so excited. What? You're like getting all lit up what, about it. That, that's just the caffeine talking. This is oh. actually just water. So you're not just excited about the catechism? I, no, I am. Oh, I know you are. I know you're excited about that. So what I, what I, the way, um, and, and roll with me here, and I know you're, I know you're going to be able to roll with me. I can roll. I didn't prep you on this, but you'll be fine. Okay. Um, you're, as, as, as um, those who have listened to more than a handful of episodes of Ignition, where you're the co-host would know, um, you're an adult convert to the faith. I am. Um, and I, I, I'm curious to, like, what does Robin Bruggeman, or what did... And maybe he does. I'll let you decide. What does Robin or what did Robin Bruggeman know about the Catechism of the Catholic Church walking into the studio today? Oh. Um, and and you, it might be a little bit. It might be a lot. Um, but I just wanted to use that as a starting point because as an adult convert, I, to be honest, I think you're probably similar to a lot of adult cradle Catholics uh, who have certain ideas about the Catechism that some of them might be right, some of them might be not so right. Um, and I just want to use that as sort of a starting point to get into our conversation. So, Okay, so what do I know about it? So I know that if I'm reading different books or Catholic literature, that the CCC is usually for the catechism, right? And it'll yep. have a number behind yep. it, and that references where in the catechism of the Catholic Church CCC where that can be found. So I know that much. I know that it's a big book. Yep. Um, and I just recently found out that I thought that this was around forever, but that it was not published in into people's homes until, and I don't know if you were going to say this already, but until the 90s. Yep. So yep. Um, I found it really interesting that I assumed coming into Catholicism that Spike knew all of this stuff, but of course he wouldn't have because this came out after he even lived at home. You right. know, he was already out of the house and grown, you know? Yep. Um, and me too. So I know that. And um, I I will reference it sometimes. Or sometimes, you know, you'll be reading something and it'll say the CCC, the number, and it'll say what it says. And it's always really good stuff. And it makes sense and seems very wise. And um, and I think I know that it's basically just what our church believes. Right, right. Like, if you want to know what does the church believe, yep. well, the catechism 
will be that resource for you. So yep. I think that's what I think I know. That's that's pretty, that's good. That's good stuff. So all those things, of course, are true. I mean, it is oh, oftentimes good. referenced. <laughs> CCC is typically in Catholic literature. Yes, a reference to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It did come out in the '90s, and it is authoritative. So I actually want to start with that last one. And line back up. Okay, so a really quick question, yeah. which maybe you're going to talk about anyway. It says, so it officially came out like in book or published form, yes. but it existed before that or no? No. no. Oh, okay. Yep. So the Catechism of the Catholic Church didn't exist. This, until... this Catechism of the Catholic, this, this document, this book, uh-huh. yeah, it was not a, yeah. Okay. You, you'll answer that I'll when answer the that time question. comes. Okay, great. Um, probably sooner than later, but I don't want to. You don't want to give it away. Okay. I don't want to give it away. Okay, so yeah. tell us all about it. <laughs> so, so the first thing, um, I want to start with actually the, the one of the later things that you mentioned. So it is authoritative. So there mm-hmm. is, you mentioned Catholic literature. There, there are so we, as I've said more than once, and Ignition and elsewhere, um, we're blessed to live in a time when there are incredible resources mm-hmm. to know what we believe as Catholics, why we believe it, how we can talk about it with fellow Catholics and with people who aren't Catholic, whether they're Christian or somebody else completely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it 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 we're living in a time when there's there's so many great resources, great authors, great videos, great books, great podcasts. But the Catechism of the Catholic Church is different in that it is official. Hmm. It's authoritative. It is the Church's authoritative official statement of this is what we believe as Catholics. So for me, um, in the in the early midish nineties, I had my reversion. Um, and I went and studied at Franciscan University of Steubenville um, and had as a professor, Dr. Scott Hahn. Scott Hahn is known, as, known <laughs> to many Catholics who follow Catholic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Scott is one of the most well-known, I think, speakers, teachers mm-hmm. uh, uh, in our country. His um, name last is very decades. recognizable. Yep. Um, and, and, I, and, I, and I love a lot of what Scott has, has written. But Scott Hahn, and he, he would say this, I'm not saying anything derogatory or dismissive here whatsoever, he would completely agree. Scott Hahn's writings are not authoritative and official. They are, they are his intelligent and wise explanation of what the church teaches and why she teaches it and what difference it makes to our lives. Mm-hmm. But his, his writings are categorically different in that sense from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So think mm-hmm. of whatever your favorite like rock-solid Orthodox author, speaker, podcaster, teacher of the faith is. Um, their writings, so Bishop Barron would be another mm-hmm. great example. Dr. Mary Healy, an amazing scripture scholar. Uh, you could go on and on. Um, but their writings are not authoritative the way the Catechism of the Catholic Church is. This is what the church actually teaches. Now, other people, it's not to say that their writings aren't true. Are they, are they Chris, are you saying they're not worthy or they're not worth reading? No, no, absolutely. They are helpful to understand, but they're not authoritative. So when we want to know what does the church actually teach, ultimately you find your way back to the church's official documents like the Catechism. This is not the only official document by any means, but this is... One of well, uh, so the catechism as a, as as a comprehensive summary of church teaching. This is only the second universal catechism in the history of the church. Hmm. So in the in all the history of the church, there have been many catechisms, many official documents. Um, but in terms of for the whole church, written by the church at the highest level, this is only the second such document to have been. So, if you want to know what the church teaches. The Catechism of the Catholic Church can tell you. 
And I think that's important because um, people, what does the church actually teach? Uh, and, and, and in the days in which the times and places, well, the, the days in which we're living, not the places where at least you and I are, we're blessed to have rock solid teachers, but you know, there's a lot of bishops saying different things about what their church teaches and so on. Um, well, thanks be to God, we have since the early '90s had a resource that can tell us what the church actually teaches. Now, does it does it answer literally every question that you could possibly ask? No, no written document can answer every question, but it is you can get at least the basics and a pretty good idea of pretty much every question that you might have. Hmm. So, to be first fundamental point, it's authoritative. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Questions nope. belong those lines. Okay. Um, your second point, so we already talked about it a little bit. I alluded to it as well. So it came out, yeah, in the early 90s. Um, now, in our case, that's when we were adults. Yeah. In other, people, in other people's case, that is their entire <laughs> life. You know, we're, we're going uh, to... We're like not changing names, born. but, you know, right? <laughs> Um, so, so it, it, the, the catechism of the church, brief history of, of the catechism of the church. I mentioned there's been only one previous universal catechism that came out in the 16th century, um, the time of the Protestant Reformation. There's a church council called the Council of Trent, and that called for a catechism. So the catechism of the, Catholic, the, catechism of the Council of Trent, um, sometimes called the Roman Catechism, was the first universal catechism. This one was the second one, and it came out also in connection with an ecumenical council. So Vatican II was held in the 1960s. Vatican II did not call for a catechism. However, on the the occasion of the 20th anniversary of Vatican II, John Paul II gathered together a number of bishops, not all of them, but a number of bishops, to talk about, hey, 20 years on, how is Vatican II going? And at that, that synod, a word that's more familiar to us today than it was in 1985, but in 1985, at that synod, um, the bishops present there asked John Paul II to commission uh, a catechism, a, a new catechism. Um, one had not been written since the 16th century, so it would be helpful, the bishops thought, to have a new catechism in light of Vatican II and so on. So um, Pope John Paul II said it's a great idea, and he commissioned a guy named Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, a.k.a. Benedict XVI, to oversee a committee that would draft and edit the Catechism of Catholic Church. So a number of bishops and priests were involved. They drafted it, it was edited, and then it was presented to John Paul II. Um, it was sent out to the bishops of the world for their... This is this is not as well known, but in the very late 90s, maybe... Or, may, sorry, very late 80s, maybe the early 90s, a, a, an earlier draft of the Catechism was sent to the bishops of the world. Hey, what do you think? And they, the Vatican received hundreds, maybe even thousands of responses from the bishops uh, in terms of what they thought about that draft. So that was all reviewed, taken into account, some changes made in 1992 in French, and then in 1994 in English, we got the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And then five years, well, in 1997, we got the official um, Latin edition which had some minor tweaks. So if you if people have, in my case, the green, it's the there's the tan, there's the green, there's the blue, and then there's the other ones as well. So can I if I can see? Yeah, yep. So Robin's got a pocket sized <laughs> big pockets. Yeah, big pockets. Um, church, and it says completed up 
complete and updated at the top. Oh. That's that's a, an indication that this was updated, took the 1997 updates into account. There was one tweak that in 20, I think, 17, Pope Francis made to one paragraph um, oh. that it's on the death penalty. Um, 2267 um, is the paragraph where, where he made a change. But if you, if you got a green catechism or a catechism that was published after 1997, you're good. There's one change, 2267, um, to be aware of. Now, I do tell people if you have the older edition, the 1994 edition, the tan edition, or one based off it, it'd be good to get at least the 1997. But mm. if you're buying it today, you might as well buy one of the newer editions. Right. So gotcha. I just said a lot really fast. Bottom line, this document came out kind of as a result of Vatican II um, because bishops were asking for a document um, basically that would present the church's teaching uh, for men and women of our time. And that's what this catechism is. Questions about any of that? No. Okay. No, it's all... It's awesome. So <laughs> it's amazing I, to I, me. I want to talk a little bit about sort of the structure of the catechism. So back um, in Jesus' time, Robin. Okay. Uh, after Jesus died, rose from the dead, and ascended into heaven, ten days later, what happened? Ten days. Later. Ten days after Jesus' ascension into heaven. Is that Pentecost? No. Yeah, Pentecost. I told you. Remember. I, 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 I was, I was. You're like, you know this, Robin. You know this in your sleep. Of I, I course, I do. It's, yeah, Pentecost, you, it's Pentecost. But I was so, like, so I, know, I know. So, so at Pentecost, the uh, the apostles, the, the the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the disciples who are present. The apostles stand up and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. The people who are there, um, and Peter in particular, gives his somewhat famous Pentecost sermon in Acts chapter two. Well, after he's done. Um, this is verse 37 and following. Now, when they, the people who were there listening, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all that are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other words and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who, were, those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they held steadily to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. So we see here sort of an immediate response that the crowds, by and large Jewish or um, people who were considering becoming Jewish, uh, this crowd of 3,000 people, um, this immediate response that, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter's uh, sermon prompts. They they, um, were baptized and become Christians. Again, verse 42, though. So what do they do? As new Christians, they held steadily to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. So they they hold steadfast to the apostles' teaching, and they live life together as Christians. They hold to the breaking of the bread and to the prayers. So four different things that are alluded to in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and that becomes the structure of many catechisms, including the Catechism of the Catholic Church, ever since. The catechism basically has four parts. It's got an exposition of the creed, um, specifically the Apostles' Creed. 
Now, the Apostles' Creed wasn't written by the Apostles, but it's got 12 articles in honor of them, and it's the oldest creed that we have. So that's the Apostles' teaching, part one of the creed. Part two is on the liturgy and the sacraments. So the breaking of the bread, the sacramental liturgical life of the church. Uh, that's what part two is about. Part three is life in Christ. So how do we live as Christians? Well, they hold fast to the fellowship. Um, and finally, um, part four is on Christian prayer. Um, and they held fast to the prayers. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we see the origins of the four old structure of the Catechism of the Church. Part one is on the explains the creed. Part two explains the liturgy and the sacraments. Part three explains life in Christ. And part four explains what Christian prayer is. You are feverishly scribbling notes. Do you have any questions for um, me? No, I just think that's brilliant and that it's based on that scripture. Yep. It's awesome. Yep, it is. It is. It's mean, like so, so neat. There's a reason why it's these four things that ultimately goes back to the practice of the early church. That's awesome. So a couple of fun little things. Um, the ordering of the four parts. One way to describe these four parts is in the Catechism of the Church, we find God revealing himself and his teachings about who he is, about who we are in his plan for our salvation. He reveals his teachings to us as summarized in the Creed. And then he communicates those teachings and the power to live them in the liturgy and the sacraments. And then we respond with our assent, our yes, and we live in Christ and we relate to God. We, we talk with God. We listen to God in prayer. The Catechism of the Church uh, follows the reality of the spiritual life. It begins with God's initiative, God's revealing of himself and empowering us to follow him. And then it follows with our response to him in how we live our life and how we pray. So the structure of the catechism follows, like, there's the primacy of, of divine initiative. God, God makes the first move with us as individuals and as communities, and then we respond. And the catechism of the church follows that structure. It starts with what he has told us. Uh, it starts then, secondly, with how we are able to be in communion with him in the liturgy and the sacraments, and then it gets to our response in life in Christ and prayer. Um, so that, that structure by itself. Secondly, just uh, kind of, uh, this is a, a bit of a point of minutia, but still I think it's really cool. If you took the contents of the catechism and you found not like literally what's, what's halfway through the catechism, but where does part two end and part three begin, it's just over halfway. So there's more said... Mm -hmm about what God has revealed to us and how we find communion with him in liturgy and sacraments than about our response. There's more about him than about us, in other words, huh. which also is right. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so the structure of the catechism itself um, just reflects some, some profound spiritual truths. By the way, um, Cardinal, well, Pope Benedict, when he was Cardinal Ratzinger, and the, the then priest and now Cardinal Archbishop, Christoph Schirmborn, who edited the Catechism, both of them, when they introduced the Catechism, when they presented to the world, just talked about how just, it was apparent that the Holy Spirit was really moving in the process of the the drafting and editing of the Catechism. Because they're all just, the language, you would not know that it was drafted by by seven different people. And then yeah. one, it just, the editing was so clean, it does not, 
a lot of documents that are written by committee, you can kind of tell, oh, here's, you can kind of tell there's one style here and another style here and so on. The catechism is, is in many ways one beautiful document. Yeah, thanks in part to the great editing of Father Schoenborn, but thanks in greater part to the editing of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and they talked about how just all these little things as it came together, it was just really clearly an act of the Lord in its drafting. Hmm. Um, so it's kind of an overview of the structure and so on. Questions about that before we get to mm-hmm. some fun details. Okay. No, fun details. So many, mo- I would say most editions of the catechism somewhere, either on the cover or maybe on the title page, are going to have a little symbol. And Elise mm. has put this um, on the screen for us, a-, a logo for the catechism. And this is not just like the the logo for the, um, the Vatican... Uh, printing office. This is a, this logo is deliberate, and some editions of the Catechism will have an explanation of this logo. I don't know if yours does. I think it doesn't, to be honest. While you're looking, some editions mine mine does because it's bigger. Um, but this is going to be before you get to table table of contents. This is going to be where you have like the copyright information. Mm-hmm. It's going to talk about the design of the logo that's on the cover or title page of the Catechism. And and it's it's so intentional. And Robin, to be honest, it was it was just recently myself as I was preparing for um, this year in School of Missionary Discipleship that I, I think I had heard about the logo, but I never really realized until recently the significance of what's going on here. Well, so tell us. So so Robin. So the, for the thing of radio listeners, what do you see when you're looking? When you just just describe the logo as you see it. Um. Well, it's in like an arch sort of shape, and there's like a tree yep. um, that is making up kind of the shape around it. And then within that looks to be like a shepherd yeah. and a sheep. Um, What's the shepherd holding? holding um, he must be holding the Catechism of the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> no. The no, Bible? No. You'll find out. Nope. Um, what's, the other, what's in the other hand? That'll be easier. Well, he's holding a shepherd's crook staff. or whatever staff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and yeah, you're just kind of sitting on like a stump. That's kind of part of the shape or the whatever. And then it looks like the tree part has like almost like it's flowering. Yep. Uh, how many branches in the tree? Right at the top. You mean like the ten, like shoot, like no, leaf no, things? No, not the leaf things. Or the circles? Uh, no, lower than that. Branches. Oh, two. Two branches. Two. Huh. I was it, looking. I was, I was making it too hard. Interesting. Two. Too interesting. Mm. Here's what the catechism itself says about this design. The design of the logo on the cover is adapted from a Christian tombstone in the catacombs of Domatilla in Rome, which dates from the end of the third century. So there are several catacombs, uh, mm-hmm. Christian catacombs in Rome. So the catacombs of Domatilla are one of the more well-known. Okay. So this is an image based on, sorry, this is a logo based on an image which dates back to the, the, the late 200s. Okay. The past, this pastoral image of pagan origin, so the church takes a pagan image and baptizes it, if you will, was used by Christians to symbolize the rest and the happiness that the soul of the departed finds in eternal life. Again, it was put in a in catacombs. Oh, catacombs. So rest right. and happiness. Okay. okay? Uh, the image also suggests certain characteristic aspects of this catechism. Christ, the good shepherds, the good shepherd who leads and protect his faithful, the lamb. So 
So the lamb is resting at the feet of Jesus, just as the souls of the faithful departed rest in the presence of the Lord. So Christ, the good shepherd, who leads and protects his faithful, the lamb, by his authority, the staff, draws them by the melodious symphony of the truth, which is portrayed by the pan pipes. Those are pan pipes. So, oh, it's not a book. No, it's not a book. It's oh, pipes. So yeah, he plays a now. melodious tune, the, 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 the symphony of truth, which draws us to himself and makes them lie down in the shade of the tree of life, his redeeming cross, which opens oh. paradise. So the, tr- the cross is bearing fruit because it's the tree of life. Um, so, so you have, in, at least, did you know anything about that? About the. He doesn't have long hair. <laughs> that's why I didn't say, oh, that's Jesus. That's true. That's true. He does not have long hair on this particular portrayal. That's um, funny. This is right after he got a buzz cut, actually. But, I did not know that. Yeah. So, so, so the, so the, this, this is not just like an academic text. That year, oh, I know all sorts of interesting faith facts. It's meant to lead us to a deeper relationship with Him. It's 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 meant it, when we, we when we read this text, which has His truths, it's meant to lead us. He's drawing us closer to Himself. Mm-hmm. So again, going back to what I said earlier about how um, Pope, well, now Pope Benedict and 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 Cardinal Schoenborn, but then. Cardinal Ratzinger and Father Schoenborn, uh, they they both commented, and the, the 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 power of the Holy Spirit was just evident in the drafting of this, because these are the truths of Jesus Christ. So just as he plays a melodious melodious symphony of of truth that draws us to himself individually, he does that through the Catechism as well, because they're, these are to, to help people read the Catechism. Probably most well known as today uh, in in recent times is Father Mike Schmidt's the Catechism of the Year, which Father Mike goes through the Catechism um, and, and 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 reads it and, and and comments on it. There's all sorts of great resources out there. My encouragement is read the darn thing. Mm-hmm. It is a big book. It's so good though. So it is so good. Use something like Father Mike or whatever. But yes, like mm-hmm. these are truths that can change our lives. Mm-hmm. Because they're truths that come from God, and when God speaks, things happen. Mm-hmm. So I just want to encourage listeners again, maybe using something like Father Mike's uh, Catechism, I missed the Bible in the year, Catechism of the Year. Uh, if you happen to be enrolled in School of Missionary Discipleship, you've done years one and two, year three is on the Catechism. But there are all sorts of other great resources out there to help you get into this incredible resource. And again, you can Google around all sorts of resources, but my encouragement. And we're coming to the end of January. It's still time to make a uh, New Year's resolution. Next week, we're going to be talking about Lent because Lent's not that far around the corner. Maybe it could be a Lenten resolution to start at least familiarizing yourself with the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So, And you can help someone out. That's right. So first person to email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, will get a free copy of the Catechism mailed to you. So take advantage of that uh, great offer. And folks, with that... We will wrap up this episode. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, may God bless you.